Well, it's never a boring in the Big 12 Conference, and that is continuing again with some of the news that's come out today. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, where you find me and where you find our entire staff. Thanks for joining us here on the show, whether it's on YouTube, the podcast, of course, Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys being here, as always, being a part of the show. And let's get right to it. I want to start, before I get to some of the drama involving the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, Jalen Daniels, everything happening there. I want to start off with the possibility that Matt Rule ends up back in the Big 12 Conference. So Matt Rule got fired by the Carolina Panthers uh, this week. And, you know, it was clear it wasn't going to work out. The guy was off to a 1-4 start, 11-27 and record in four-plus seasons. It was not a good year, and it was not a good run for Matt Rule. At Carolina. Now, we all know that Matt Rule uh, wanted to be in the NFL. He had spent some time with the New York Giants back in the day under Tom Coughlin. He's got NFL aspirations. He had them. We all knew that. When he jumped, we totally understood it. Here's what Matt Rule learned the hard way. Matt Rule learned the hard way that in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. And guess what? In the NFL, you can't recruit a five-star guy. You just can't do it. You've got to either trade for one or you got to draft for one or you have to have one. And usually if you have a franchise quarterback, the job's not open. So that's what Matt Campbell, excuse me, Matt Campbell, that's what Matt Rule learned the hard way over the last couple of years, but he got paid handsomely for it. I saw that Matt Rule, if he could just, uh, if Matt Rule didn't want to work, he would get paid like 800 and some odd grand a month for the next 40 some odd months. Now, if he gets a new job, like in college, he would basically, you know, the difference would be paid out by the school or the difference would be subtracted uh, from his next paycheck. But either way, it just tells you what a crazy contract he got from Carolina in the first place. So I could see scenarios where Matt Rule ends up back in the Big 12. There are six scenarios I'm going to give you. I'm not predicting any of this, but I'm just saying there are six possible scenarios for Matt Rule to end up back in the Big 12 conference. Number one naturally, is Matt Rule going back to the Baylor Bears. Now, why would this happen? This would happen because Dave Aranda would end up going to Nebraska. There are already reports, or Wisconsin, where he's worked as well. There are already reports, and there were weeks ago, that Nebraska is basically ready to back up the truck, throw the kitchen sink, whatever cliche you want to use, at Dave Aranda. I don't know if Dave Aranda wants to jump. He's been loyal to Baylor. He was through last offseason when he had suitors. He understands. And, and Dave Aranda is not the kind of guy that's like, ooh, slightly better job, slightly more money. I'm out of here. It feeds my ego. That's not who Dave Aranda is. But if for whatever reason Dave Aranda decides he's ready to move on, Matt Rule going back to Baylor is a natural fit where he was for three seasons, took the team from one win in 2017 to 11 wins in the Big 12 title game in 2019 before, of course, going off to the NFL. So that's scenario number one to me of Matt Rule possibly ending up back in the Big 12. Next up is West Virginia. Neil Brown's got the hottest seat in the Big 12, and it's not close. So if the Mountaineers decide to move on from Neil Brown, well, after four seasons of mediocrity, Matt Rule is a natural fit. Matt Rule is originally an East Coast guy. 
grew up in New York City and then State College, Pennsylvania, of course, where Penn State's at. He knows the region well, not just from coaching in the Big 12 against West Virginia, but also because prior to Baylor, he was at Temple in Philadelphia. And having a grasp on the Pennsylvania recruiting scene is an important job for a West Virginia head coach, given the amount of high school football talent in that bordering state. So I could see West Virginia in that scenario being a possible fit for uh, Matt Rule. The other four scenarios in the Big 12 that have Matt Rule back in the conference are definitely longer shots than the first two I mentioned, but they're not impossible. Number one, Oklahoma. Crazy? Too soon? Maybe, but maybe not. Brent Venables is 0-3 in Big 12 play. No Oklahoma football coach has ever lost their first three games in conference play. Uh, The defense is horrendous, giving up over 48 points per game in Big 12 play. Colin Cowherd, I heard him suggest on Monday the Sooners should move on from Venables and hire Matt Rule. We wrote about that. It's on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com if you want to see it. And the one thing I'll give Colin Cowherd is that he's right where college football's moving too fast these days. If your program is perceived to be down, if you're not a destination, you're getting guys to transfer out, you're not getting recruits, your program is screwed top to bottom. And guess what? I think that Coward is right about that assessment. Now, I'm not saying that OU is going 0-9 in the Big 12, but if this thing doesn't get better fast, don't think that that's not a potential conversation because OU cannot end up, and I'm not projecting or predicting that they will. I'm just saying OU cannot end up like Nebraska when they go to the SEC. And if, for whatever reason, they come to the conclusion that Venables is not the guy at the end of the year, then maybe that next step does happen. The other scenarios where Matt Rule ends up back in the Big 12, I've got two others here that are similar in nature. Kansas and Iowa State. So this would be more about the head coach who's currently there deciding to leave. If Lance Leipold ends up going to Nebraska or Wisconsin, apparently they're both interested. He's got ties to both of those states. If one offers, does he jump? He's been very loyal. He's said all the right things thus far about his time at KU. It's far from a guarantee. There's a lot of football left. But it's definitely a worthy storyline to watch as we move throughout the coaching carousel. And if that opening comes up at KU, Matt Rule may be enticed by the fact that the heavy lifting at Kansas is already done. You know, he's done that at Baylor. Does he want to do it again? He doesn't have to do it from a heavy lifting perspective. He knows the conference likely has some familiarity with the program, gets back in the game with a program that's on the upswing. He's outside of a you know, major metropolitan area in Kansas City that has talent and maybe in many ways um, underrated talent, and that's what he did well at Baylor. He got the three-star guys around Texas that you know didn't get offers from Texas and Texas A&M, and he turned them into you know, Big 12 title contenders. And Iowa State, similar thing. What if Matt Campbell finally gets poached by a Big Ten team? Campbell was a month ago given the best odds to be the Huskers' next head coach. I'm not sure I'm buying it right now. In fact, I'm not. It certainly seems less likely by the day, especially given Iowa State's recent struggles. But Nebraska needs a program builder, and Matt Campbell has proven as much to be a program builder. So 
It's not a crazy conversation by any stretch of the imagination. And for Matt Rule, the same would apply basically a similar formula to Kansas. Takes over a program and a conference that he knows. It's got a great foundation to work with and build off of. Is that appealing enough? I don't know. And then the wild card scenario for how Matt Rule ends up back in the Big 12 is Texas. What if the wheels fall off in year two of Steve Sarkeesian? They look good right now. Big win last week. Crush Oklahoma top 25 again. Quinn Ewers looks outstanding. It's looking less likely by the day. But if anyone's telling you they can predict the future of Texas Longhorns football, uh, they're kidding themselves. To be clear, I think Sark is fine. I believe as of today, he'll be the head coach of Texas in 2023. But we have seen crazier things happen in college football coaching carousel. And if that job opens up for one reason or another, you better believe that Texas would be interested in Rule, who had more success at Baylor than anybody's had at Texas in going on 15 years. So that's the wild card. None of these are, I would say, incredibly likely or overly likely right now. If I was to rank the likelihood of each of these, I would say West Virginia most likely, followed by Baylor, followed by Kansas, followed by Oklahoma, followed by Iowa State, followed by Texas. That would be my order off the top of my head. Um, so that's just, that, it's a conversation worth having. Let's see, Facebook Live, Jeff writes, maybe the Aggies decide to move on from Jimbo Fisher, rule goes to A&M, and Jimbo comes home to replace Neil Brown at West Virginia. All right, Jeff, now you've got some moving parts, my man. Now we're talking. How about that? You know, here's the problem. Jimbo's buyout is like 90, 80 to $90 million. It is sick. I do not understand for the life of me. I mean, God bless these coaches and their agents, but I do not understand for the life of me how guys like Ed Orgeron end up getting buyouts in the tens of millions of dollars. Like Ed Orgeron was ever going to go anywhere outside of LSU. Like Jimbo Fisher was really going to leave A&M for what? Alabama? Like I, I, I get a respectable buyout, but these guys with these buyouts, tens of millions of dollars when they get fired... I, when are these athletic departments going to wake up and universities going to get their heads out of the sand? You don't have to do this. It doesn't need to be this way. I mean, I'm all about capitalism, making as much money as you can, but some of these schools just come off really stupid with these buyouts. Elijah, Matt Rule wasn't a great NFL coach. I believe he'll still be a great college coach no matter where he ends up. Would love to see him back in the Big 12. If Nebraska's smart, they'll go all in on Matt Rule. Uh, absolutely. I mean, of course, the other scenarios here is Wisconsin or Nebraska. They want Matt Rule, and they throw the kitchen sink at Matt Rule, and he ends up at one of those two schools in the Big Ten. But depending on how those two jobs play out, there are pathways to Matt Rule coming back to the Big 12, and I'd love to see him back in the Big 12. He was likable. I enjoyed the guy at Big 12 Media Days. You know, we saw him there three times, and he was pleasant. He was conversational. Um, enjoyed his company. So I think Matt Rule's a good dude. And uh, if he ends up back in the Big 12, that's a win for the Big 12 Conference. I do think he's a good coach. But in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. You're just not. And, I mean, look at the quarterbacks he was going through. I mean, he was starting Sam Ellinger, right? God bless Sam Ellinger, but come on. This guy's not an NFL quarterback. 
So it was tough all around for him. And um, I think you'll have a lot of success wherever he ends up next, especially if it's on the college level. So definitely something to keep an eye on and watch as we move forward. Uh, Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be with you on the podcast. Subscribe, YouTube, subscribe, Facebook Live, share the videos. That's how we keep spreading the word of what we're doing here, talking Big 12, giving you as much Big 12 content as we can. And uh, we're doing that, and we're not asking you for anything outside of sharing the video, liking the video, subscribing to our channels. That's all we're asking of you here and getting you all the Big 12 content that you want. Uh, Jim on Facebook Live, not know you, fam, but I got to believe Venables is safe. He was left with a turbulent, somewhat gutted program, trying to build a plane while he's flying it. He needs time. I genuinely uh, agree with that, Jim, but with how ugly, here's the thing. It's not that he's lost games and he's 0-3 in the Big 12. It's how he's lost these games, right? Lose to TCU by 31, get shut out 49 nothing by Texas. The defense... I mean, this guy is a defensive guru, and he can't get a lick of defense from his guys. And I do think it's a little, I will say this, it's a little bit excuse-making to say Venables has to rebuild. If you were to look at the stars on these guys, I guarantee you that Brent Venables has more uh, highly rated recruits than basically anybody in the Big 12 outside of Texas. You still got a bunch of, you know, high three-star, four-star, maybe a sprinkle of a five-star here and there uh, to work with. So he still is working with at least the second most talent, especially on defense, just based on pure recruiting and what, you know, has gone on there in recent years. So I don't want to make too many excuses for Brent Venables, but I don't think he's going anywhere unless really the wheels fall off this thing. Now, um, interesting story that we've been following today on the show. And that is uh, surrounding Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback. This came out earlier on Tuesday from a guy who uh, writes for the Lawrence Journal World, or uh, it does some freelance work for the Lawrence Journal World. He put out a report, Zach Boyer, that Jalen Daniels is out for the rest of the season uh, with a grade three separation of his right shoulder. Here's the problem. Jalen Daniels has refuted that report. Jalen Daniels has said that report is not true. He literally shared on Twitter, Jalen Daniels did, uh, the tweet, and he said, sheesh, that's news to me. And then on top of that, Lance Leipold, the head coach, shared a picture of Jalen Daniels in his office. Earlier in the day, what happened was uh, Lance Leipold said that Daniels is day-to-day. He said he's doubtful for the Oklahoma game this weekend. And then Zach Boyer comes out with this report saying he's done for the year. Well, on top of that, to make this story even juicier, Matt Tate, who is the main KU beat writer for uh, the Lawrence Journal World, he put up on Twitter a note about KU football quarterback Jalen Daniels. Zach Boyer, a former employee here, who has done freelance work for us recently, tweeted Daniels is out for the year. That info was not submitted to us and did not go through our reporting process. We have not been able to confirm any details. So Matt Tate from the Lawrence Journal World is arguably rolling one of his own guys, a freelance guy and Zach Boyer under the bus for this report that Jalen Daniels is out for the year. 
I don't know. All I know is this. He's not playing this weekend against OU. I think that's pretty clear. Lance Leipold basically said it without saying it, that you're not going to see Jalen Daniels in this game uh, this weekend in Oklahoma. It's going to be Jason Bean. And Jason Bean looked better throwing the ball than I expected. But now going to Norman, as bad as OU has been, going to Norman's always tough. Um, Bean missed a couple of easy throws at the end of the game against TCU over the weekend. So I don't think he's a world beater. Clearly, they're taking a step back as a program going from Jalen Daniels to Jason Bean. But not a huge step. All right, not a huge step at all. And a step that is very much manageable for this team based on the amount of depth that they have within the program right now. But there is a lot of drama in Lawrence around this report that Jalen Daniels has done for the season. I I can't get an answer either way. Uh, reporters apparently can't get an answer either way. But I think we should know this much. Jalen Daniels not going to be in this weekend against Oklahoma. And it's a question of how long. Not a question about this weekend, but a question of how long. So that's where we're at with the Jalen Daniels situation. And um, I want to wrap it up with a few thoughts here just on, on Texas and Quinn Ewers and what I continue to believe is a team that right now, if you want to tell me a team in the Big 12 where the conversation could be dramatically different today if one thing had changed, it's Texas. If Quinn Ewers did not get hurt against Alabama, are we talking about Texas as a national title contender? Now, don't, but I, I know you want to laugh. Just don't laugh for a second here. Follow me. Quinn Ewers was lights out in the first quarter against Alabama. If he doesn't get hurt, Texas has a very good chance to win that game. If he doesn't get hurt, do you think they lose to Texas Tech in Lubbock? I understand it's the what-if game. I don't love the what-if game. But for sake of this conversation, it is entirely possible that if Quinn Ewers does not get hurt against Alabama, we are talking about a 6-0 Texas team that is possibly ranked number two in the country. Think about that right now. I understand that you can't do that all the time in sports, but as we look at the Big 12 hierarchy today, we're all talking about three teams, K-State, TCU, Oklahoma State, maybe Baylor. But maybe for once, we're overlooking Texas. Maybe for once, we're doing the opposite of what we usually do with Texas. Instead of hyping them up too much, we're overlooking them. We're not talking enough about Texas. I understand consistency is something they have not shown, and they absolutely have to show more of if we're going to take Texas football uh, to be back and I'll use air quotes in case you're listening to the podcast and not on YouTube or Facebook Live. I understand that. But man, uh, Quinn Ewers throws as pretty a ball as you'll see right now in college football. He clearly gets the Steve Sarkeesian system. He's a fan of it. He's comfortable in it. Sarkeesian likes coaching him in it. He's got enormous talent around him. And this Texas team, man, when Quinn Ewers, I saw this stat earlier in the day, Quinn Ewers. Uh, possessions. Texas is scoring like four and a half points per game on the 20 some odd possessions. He's played quarterback for Texas, Louisiana, Monroe, Alabama, and then Oklahoma. That would be for a full season. That would be right up there with CJ Stroud at Ohio state. That's how good the Texas offense has been under 
uh, Quinn Ewers. And don't discount the defense coming along in large part because of Gary Patterson's tutelage. Gary Patterson being a part of that defensive staff is not getting enough, enough attention and not getting focused on enough. And uh, if you didn't see the viral clip of Gary Patterson after the Red River rivalry, Gary Patterson was caught in a hot mic asking about the TCU-Kansas game. That's a guy that still loves Fort Worth. And I can really respect that about him and uh, where he's at and you know the fact that it didn't end well at TCU, but he still cares about those guys and still does care about that program. So uh, good stuff all around. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com is how you find us and join us as a part of the show. Uh, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share the video on Facebook. That's how we continue to spread the word. And on the podcast, please, guys, take 30 seconds out. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and a review. I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie for you. I'm uh, flashing it, flashing it right now on Facebook Live and YouTube. You get one of these for free when you leave a rating and a review on the uh, podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you soon. Subscribe, share, rate, review. Love you. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.